This month, Armored Saint will release their new album, Punching the Sky, via Metal Blade Records. A diverse, attitude-drenched collection, Punching the Sky is everything the band's faithful have come to expect from them while pushing their signature sound forward. Purchase your copies now at metalblade.com slash armored saint. Once again, Punching the Sky, the new album by Armored Saint. Make sure to purchase your copies now. Metalblade.com slash Armored Saint. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast. (laughs) Uh (laughs) It's going off the rails. What's going on, guys? I'll be your host, Brandon Gooch Han. Oh, boy. And I'm always joined by... Jocelyn Sharp. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jocelyn Sharp. That's J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N, sharp like a sharp knife. And Sylvia. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at It's the Sylvia. Uh, and I'm Brandon Honey. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Your Body When the cat's happening. away, the cat's away. God, it's like... So I don't know if the Metal Sucks listening public can tell. There's no Petter Spice here today. Um, he's out doing stuff. With, he had to go back to Montenegro. He had to go back to Montenegro. There's uh, a radish emergency that mm-hmm. he had to oh. immediately take care of. Yeah, so they call it the Great Radish Famine of 2020. <laughs> oh and uh, Petter Spice putting his ass on the line Look out there that. for the people. For That's the what people. he is. When you, think, hero. when you think Petter Spice, you think about for the people you got that. if you want to picture what he looks like right now picture him on a small donkey holding a radish high in the air uh he victoriously can, he cannot afford a donkey it's him carrying a cart by himself, by himself. <laughs> with two radishes wearing a potato sack <laughs> wearing a potato sack uh, god bless him well here's the thing though the metal sucks listening audience is going to be able to hear petter spice because he did fortunately get to interview the legendary mickey d from motorhead and scorpions celebrating the 40th anniversary of motorhead's ace of spades and the box set that is being released on october 30th go to imotorhead.com for bundle packages. Ooh. Incredible. Let me tell you, let me ask uh, you guys something real quick. Uh, is there a more, is there a, a, a better song than Ace of Spades? And I mean better. There's songs that are just as good, but better. No. no. It doesn't get any better When than you that. hear like the first couple of notes of that song, you're just like, oh, I'm going to punch something. Right, yeah. right. And you are not a violent I'm person. I'm not a violent now, person. Now, Jocelyn, violent. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> Did you see that <laughs> smile? <Loves> it. <laughs> just, yes, that's right. Jump in the ring, motherfuckers. I really got into that axe throwing thing, you know, like normal people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jocelyn's over here. Like, oh, really I'm going to grow up to be a... Shit. Yeah, Jocelyn's throwing axes. One day, I'm going to grow up to be a viking <laughs> let's just say i am not afraid to climb on a bar and kick some bitch in the face but yeah is, Ace that, of spades? is, that, is that because it's happened all right was, it it, had, oh, was that your for version? legal reasons that was a joke was that your version of coyote <laughs> ugly is that what they did yeah usually yeah. girls like coyote ugly they get up they do when a i was dance. a bartender and you ordered water i'd kick you in the fucking face yeah yeah Jocelyn, but she was doing it sexy because she was dancing yeah Jocelyn. <laughs> when Jocelyn was bartending over at the naughty hole that was what they did they Quentin would get Tarantino up on, was my best client <laughs> Ooh. that's right just Kicking him in the face barefoot. Bow. There you go. (laughs) This is not like Dust Till Dawn. It's better. Pete's already mad. Pete's already, yeah, exactly. We've gotten completely off topic. So funny. I mean, it's like I'm over here looking at you guys and I'm like, oh, God, Pete, you guys are different. I'm I'm sitting in Pete's chair. I feel really responsible. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, Pete, you're, you're, yeah, you've already, you're, you're, it's rubbing off on her. I already feel like I can't pronounce words that are more than two syllables and I won't get most of the jokes. Requeem. Mercury. 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 Mercury, Requeem. And, uh, God, what was the other one? There's been so many. Uh, Did he really say that? Yes. Yes. Requeem. Requeem. I got Requeem Hunt on my Requeem fantasy Requeem for football. a dream. Requeem for a dream. <laughs> Petter Spice, God oh, bless you. Oh, God yes. bless you. Speaking of things that sound like gay porn, um, um, hmm. what? should we, oh, should we talk I don't about know. this news story? Yeah, let's get to the Metal Sucks news. <laughs> Who are we talking about? That's weird when I'm it's telling you. Wouldn't that be the worst? Uh, yeah. Wouldn't that be your worst nightmare if they included your dick size in your obituary? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, no. it's like, this is the thing. When, if my dick size were in my obituary, uh-huh. people wouldn't be surprised. 
and people wouldn't be like they would just be like oh it's seems about right I mean it'll get it'll get you there you're just gonna have to meet me you're gonna have to meet me halfway is all I'm saying all right I don't I don't have I don't have Tesla dick all right as your as your joke says you wear size ten shoes and medium gloves yes yeah exactly ten and a half let's take it easy ten what come on now God I forgot you don't clip your toenails thank you Brandon I'm gonna start roundhousing. So uh, the very first story that we want to talk about. Um, so Jocelyn and I are both stand-up comics, and there's been this uh, a very popular stand-up comic by the name of Big J Okerson. He's got a very popular podcast. One of my favorite comics of all time. Right. Okay. He's very funny. I, I personally uh, uh, stand by Big J Okerson. But there was an incident that took place. Uh, on his podcast, he was interviewing Sebastian Bach. Very, a very reasonable, even killed person. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> when you think Sebastian Bach, you're like, wow, poster child for Ritalin. <laughs> but uh, it just goes. <laughs> I don't want to be like that guy. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm like, oh. He seems to have it all together. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Hmm, My role model. Yeah. I mean, dude, his his mood goes up and down like the stock market. Like, it's just like yeah. one minute it's the highest of highs, the next minute people are jumping I've out. I've been of friends with Gemini's that are more consistent. It's insane. <laughs> well, okay, you're it's a Literally. little too hippie for me. A <laughs> little too. And her zodiac shit came out. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. Get back in there. I'm sorry, you guys. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you know, we should have known because you know, Okerson's a Scorpio. Anyway, so I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so during a Zoom appearance on the uh, Big J Okerson show, the SDR show is what they call it. Uh, they were talking about voice exercises that vocalists you know, do. Yeah, that vocalists do in yeah. order. And both of you guys sing. Both mm-hmm. of you yeah. guys have actually sang on stage. As Sylvia has done the national anthem at the Fifty uh, uh, Ones game. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. pretty. That was great. And then you did the. Uh, was the last one to the Aviators? Did you do the Aviators? I never as well? did the Aviators. Uh, I did the, the, UNLV. Okay, that's still pretty awesome. Yeah, you know, yeah. and Jocelyn, like uh, you know, has sung karaoke a lot of times. <laughs> so, uh, hey, I sing, I sing at the Giants. I sing at the San Francisco Giants game. Hey, that's fucking hey. awesome. Hey, oh, all were right. you in the stands? No, okay. it was the national anthem. <laughs> I thought maybe it was. The, I thought maybe it was take me out to the ball game. It was my high school. My high school choir. We won. A, we won a contest oh. where we had a little choir that we we won and we got to go sing. But that's but awesome. Jocelyn, I will say Jocelyn can sing. I'm yeah. not, I'm just, this is just But me. psycho singer friends have crazy extra. I have a psycho singer friend who used to, and I think I've told Brandon this, she used to drink mayo before we would sing. I, you shouldn't Ugh. drink mayo or yeah. like anything like dairy like before well, you sing because she was like convinced it. She was like, it coats my throat. And she could sing. She was operatic. So sure. she, was, she was trained, but it was just this weird, like almost OCD tick. And I think some of these singer exercises too can go. Oh, for sure. Along oh. those lines. And then Absolutely. when you're hearing it on the other side, like in the like in another room, you're like, oh god, because it's like, yeah, it's just yeah. Are you doing a mating call? Just, I mean, what the fuck is going like on here? a psych ward. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're just going for the great spotted crested. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, on the show, they were talking about voice exercises, and um, they were talking to Sebastian Bach about his voice exercise, and then it's when Big J Okerson responded with. Uh, talking about Rob Halford's voice exercise. One of the best voices One in the game. One of the best voices yes. ever in metal. And, you know, he may not be able to hit those notes today, but he's still, he's, he worked it around to where he still sounds fucking cool. Yeah. He's still Rob fucking Halford. He's a musician. But uh, Big J Ogerson responded by making a joke saying, yeah, Halford's exercise is probably something gay he doesn't want to tell you. Then, imitating the Judas Priest vocalist, Okerson continued, you got to gargle jizz, but I don't know how to tell you that, Sebastian. Bach got mad quickly after that, and then he actually responded to Big J saying, dude, could you not wreck this interview? Seriously, Rob Halford is a friend of mine, so spare the comments. Maybe you should skip those kinds of comments. And the host quickly pivoted, noting that Halford was booked as a guest for the following week. And Bach listened for about thirty more seconds, and then he just turned off his just oh. turned off his camera. He was pissed. And then let's talk about how Rob Halford felt right. about it. And then the following week, mm-hmm. they they ta- they brought it up to Rob Halford exactly what happened. And Rob Halford, being fucking Rob Halford. He goes, I don't gargle, I swallow. (laughs) And he goes, and I've always wanted to be roasted at a comic roast. So if you guys, at some point after this pandemic is over, if you could put me in that roast chair, I would love it. So Yeah, Sebastian really came to Rob's rescue. He really, Rob Rob really sounds like he never wants to talk to them again. That's what I'm saying, dude. It's like, Sebastian, like, you got to understand something. Like, if somebody, right now we are in such... 
but I think a weird that's... place in this world because here's the thing. We're in such a weird place in this world because, yeah, okay, people could take those comments and they can take them to heart. And sometimes sure. you could piss, you know, because it is, because in a way it's like, yeah, you are making a joke about someone's lifestyle, but it's a joke. Mm-hmm. And I, when you, when they, when Big J Okerson saw he was offended, he immediately pivoted. So right. to throw a fit just is. Well, but my thing is though, is again, then you got Rob Halford going like, what's the big fucking deal? And then yeah. he, exactly. do- yeah, he has and a good sense of exactly. humor. So he doubles down and he's like, dude, I've been hearing this shit since the fucking seventies. It's a funny joke. Right. I will tell you this though. There are certain guys out there that take, uh, the gay jokes, right? right? Like when straight dudes make those gay jokes, there is a there is a uh, certain type. Yes, it is. There is a certain type mm-hmm. of underground, not underground, but there's a certain type of comedy that 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 attracts. Okay, and it is homophobic, and we f- all feel it. It is, and we all know what we're talking about. Right. This is not that case. This is not that kind of case, you know. And I mean, especially Big J Okerson. I mean, it's like, dude, the guy is surrounded by gay dudes in New York. And gay he, comics. He's it's incredibly like, supportive. And he's, he's very. N- it's it's just because no. you make a joke doesn't necessarily mean the guy's like burn him, you know. I mean, no. like, but so there it, is a principle in comedy that nothing can be treated as sacred. You can you by making fun of one thing and saying something else can't be made fun of. You automatically put the one thing above the other thing. Mm-hmm. Everything is equal in comedy, meaning nothing is safe. But, yeah. my, but my thing is, though, is like how many gay dudes have we or gay just gay people that we've talked to where there's been a joke made about them? And then they're over here like, well, what's the big fucking they deal? They don't and fucking they're, care. They're, yeah. They don't care. And then they're offended that you are getting so offended. Like, do you really think I'm that right. weak? And right. that's and that's how I took what Rob Halford was saying. He's like, dude, I got I don't care. You know what well, I mean? Like, I swallow. You know, it's just like my, my thing is, is like, this is this has been something that Rob Halford has probably heard a thousand times. He's probably but heard even, you have a vagina. Yeah, but even I more mean, in like a in a more bad way, like more like malicious way. Yes. This is more like joking. That's what I'm saying. Like right yeah. now, Rob Halford has already gone through all. Okay. He's he's never going to go through all the malicious jokes made his way. There's guys like Big J Okerson who are making a joke, just kind of mm-hmm. like yeah, whatever. But then there's guys there's guys that weren't doing mm-hmm. that. Big J Okerson put a joke about his daughter's pubic hair in his special. You think that you're special? No, right? <laughs> like, oh, what an artist. Like, <laughs> but I'm saying like this is basically like, like yeah, like know, what you said. Know your audience. Right, like, right. When people come to comedians and want to act like that's my thing. Why aren't you being the most PC like accepting? It's like I'm being accepting by making fun of you, just like I'd make fun of every motherfucker on the planet. And Nobody's safe. And I don't care problem. what you're rocking with. And that's the problem. It's like right now, it's such a confusing time because gay dudes, for the most part, that I've talked to, they're they they get offended when we get offended. When like straight right. people get offended, they don't want to be get treated af- with kid gloves because right. that is not equality. Right, right. That's the thing. So it's like they. So I understand. Like you know, I understand them coming to uh, Sebastian's aid, going, "Yeah, man, the guy should have stood up for something." I get that part. I get yeah. that. Part. And I don't disagree with anyone who would say that that was offensive. Right. I don't. Yeah. Exactly. I don't. I, but but my thing is though is like taking it to a level to where you know, this guy might be considered something evil now. And then you got Rob Halford going, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, it's yeah. just, he ain't going to get canceled. He said way, he said way worse shit than his. Absolutely. Every well, day it's on a, his podcast. It's his own podcast. Yes. No one's going to cancel him. It's his own podcast. Yeah. It's not like he's got a boss. That's all. We, we, we got, I got mean, a bunch they, of, got they, a bunch of people on Twitter pissed at you. Like, doesn't matter, dude. I'm still pulling in ratings. Yes. I got downloads. Give me my money. To go back to what we were talking about with the the gay humor, though, there are certain guys out there that just rely on that. Yes. That's all they have. Mm-hmm. And uh, not saying Big J. Okerson does. I mean, he's got a litany of stuff. But, but like in general, like right. somebody. So like yeah. back in the day, Pete and I, we used to do Rise to Offend. Now, this is before we were doing the documentary style podcast. This is the old format, yeah. right? Jocelyn used to do the old format with us all the time, too. But back in the day, it was just me, Pete, and uh, our buddy Dennis, all right? Pete used to make these comedy bits and they were horrible. (laughs) Like fucking horrible. Okay. But our partner, Dennis, on the other hand, like every joke was gay. Right. Every single joke was about us eating dick or cum. Right. Right. Sure. And, you know, and eventually, eventually you're like, all right, you got to, you got to be more of a one trick pony. Right. So Pete wrote this bit and I can't find the bit. That's what sucks about this. It's like, I can't find this bit. he's making fun of Dennis. He's making fun of the- But is it actually good? So the, it was great. (laughs) It was so funny because it was so poignant because the bit was, uh, it was him selling a service and it's called gay jokes for straight dudes. (laughs) And he's like, 
He's like, all you got to do, he's like, he's like, next time somebody says something, a friend makes a joke at your expense, all you got to do is talk about them digging a dick in the ass. Whoa. And he's like, he's like, because the jokes are gay, but the dudes are straight. You know what I mean? And it was if like, there is any hardcore and, RTO heads out there that know what episode oh, this is, dude, we tell find us, it. email us, rise to offend at gmail.com so that we can pull that. And I'm oh, going to tell you, dude, when Pete made that bit, our buddy was mad. He was like, he got. Dennis he, was mad. He like shut down. Which he was ins- not happy. It's insane to me that you're going to completely single out one group to make the butt of all of your jokes. And then when somebody makes you the butt of the joke, you want to be pouty. Right. You want to pout about it. I'm not saying that. And here's the thing, though. I'm not saying Dennis isn't a funny guy. He's all, he, all, he makes me laugh very easily. He's, but, yeah, but, he's but, a good guy. But, this, but, this, but on that show, though, for a long time, it was like, dude, we, we got to move on from this. This is yeah. like, all right, it's not 1989 anymore, okay? This shit's not funny anymore. Yes. We got to move on, you know? And uh, when Pete did that, dude, it was like, <gasps> boom, crushed his confidence. I felt terrible. Did- I felt, I felt kind of terrible. You know what I mean? Nah. He, ben Dennis ended up rebounding after that, but it was just like. Did Dennis was- like. Like, were his jokes a little bit better after that? Hey, next door. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I love Dennis. Here's the He's thing, He's one man. of my closest friends, but I'm just saying, on that show, on that one particular episode, though, like when feisty. Pete said it, it was like, whoa. Now, granted, we went... We, we ended up recovering after sure. that. But again, it was just like, that was Here's a weird thing. Little bit we are not attention. saying that Big J. Orkerson's Rob Halford joke was like the most brilliant original yeah. joke by any means. Yeah, it's not the seven dirty words by no. George Carlin. I'm like, oh, the cum goes like, yes. It's, it, it was just something. <laughs> it's, it's the way that comics talk to each other. Sure. When we're around each other, that's how we talk. That's how we show affection. Is if you're we, not insulting me, get the fuck out of America. Yeah. That's, what I, that's what I say to my comic uh, I mean, I literally <laughs> saw one of my best friends for the first time in like months and he grew a goatee and I spent and it's my first time meeting his new girlfriend and I spent the first hour of us hanging out roasting him for his goatee (laughs) (laughs) because I love him so much and that's how I show affection and the thing is is our friend right he's Uh, got he's like a cartoon he's a human cartoon and he's got a human cartoon goatee it's like it looks like it's I don't know I can't really describe it okay next story Max Caballera we all know him legendary metal singer, uh, metal royalty, I would go far as far as to call Max Caballera. He posted a picture, and he recently cut his oh my God. dreadlock. My, my gag reflex started to go, I, I, you haven't even... I, Dude, oh. he yeah. posted a picture of this dreadlock that he cut off his head. It's been there for 20 years, okay? They showed a picture, and his wife is holding it up. yeah. And it looks like a dead beaver. Like, it's um, that big. Yeah, it looks like the project from a kid who failed at a taxidermy school. Dude, it looks like a <laughs> like hairy it, log. Like, it's supposed to be a ferret, but yeah, it kind of, like... he failed. Like, he like fucked one up arm the is, yeah. One arm is long, the other one is, like, short. Like, oh. Yeah, put the dude. eyes on the asshole. Yeah. Like, oh my, yeah. Like, it's something It's something I would wear around my neck to keep people six feet away from me. You know what I mean? Like, it's, if you want to survive the oh, pandemic, yeah. wear this fucking dreadlock. I mean, I, I literally am feeling actual human repulsion, and I haven't seen the picture again since brandon originally showed it to us uh, so i'm telling you that's how gross it is it's just you can rough. see it you go to metalsucks.net you'll see it it's it's, it's there ugh. it's I, there I, i'm sorry like there's no way that's clean if you're gonna have dreads properly take care of your dreads like it's not good for you yeah. well, especially when you're walking around with like a 15 pound weight i was gonna say the they're heavy right head. dude i've seen women go out and get boob jobs that are way too big and they get back they're, they're, yeah, it their hurts back their starts, back. Yeah. How is that not hurting your neck carrying around this fucking ball and chain on the back of your skull? Like, it's just, how does that, uh, it does not look I, I feel good. like a guy who's okay with a uh, mat of hair on the back of his head is not concerned about his neck pain. You know what? I didn't even consider that. <laughs> your options. Yeah. I feel like he's not high on the self-care ladder. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you know what? I really should go get a facial. Like, yeah. He's not no. doing the little cucumbers he on the He looks like eyes. he didn't shower that day in the picture. Yeah. Yeah. He, he strikes me as a guy that's not going to look at himself in the mirror and go, oh, I got all these blackheads. I got to take care of these things. Oh, you know? I mean, uh, I'm not surprised. Musicians are categorically dirty people. No offense, musicians. They're <laughs> focused on their art. Yes. Thank you for what, stinking. What is it? Tw- 20 years of having that around? Like after you get it cut, like... Wouldn't you be like, well, how do how do I do how do let, I clean my hair now? They should let a scientist cut it open and like study the cells in the middle and see if there's like Michael Jackson skin cells in there yeah. or something. Like, there's probably like some trapped '80s molecules. Max Cavalera's <laughs> dreadlock cured cancer. <laughs> it, there's got to be something in there. You got it's got to be knows? something in there. 
All right, guys, I think this went shockingly, shockingly well. Get the fuck shockingly. out of here, Pete. I'll take we over. We made here. minimal jizz and shit jokes. Mm -hmm. Minimal. Minimal. All right, now look, normally, normally when Pete's here, mm -hmm. he puts a cap on the jizz and shit jokes. We did it ourselves. Not when Uncle Gooch is running this program, all no. right? Yeah. Uh-huh. The inmates are running the asylum. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> anyway, though, we're going to hear from Pete right now as he interviews Mickey D from Motorhead and Scorpions. Where are you calling from? Las Vegas. That's where I uh, reside. Las Vegas. Yeah. Vegas. I love it. You guys were out here with the Scorpions for a, a, a hot spell, man. How was that? Uh, the residency, if I may. Because have, uh, have you done residencies we, before or no? No, not like that one. Uh, Motorhead was never really uh, up for doing a residency, to tell you the truth, you know? Mm -hmm. It was... Uh, we were not the right band for, for that, maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe we were. <laughs> but we never did it, though. So so it was great, I thought. It was the, the absolute beginning of, of my my touring with the boys. I think I did uh, three or four shows before we actually hit Vegas that 2016 there, so... Yeah, dude. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, we have so many of them out here. That that casino, the Hard Rock, is now closed. It's. Uh, I know. It I didn't know, make yeah. it, but uh, that was a, a really special place for me growing up out here. So, everybody, Metal Sucks podcast. Let me uh, introduce you real quick. Mickey D on the phone. You don't need an introduction to us heavy metal fans, but uh, we are here to <laughs> celebrate the 40th anniversary of Ace of Spades. Obviously. You and Phil are the voice of Motorhead now, and it's it's great to to chat and revisit this wonderful catalog. So, with the 40th anniversary of Motorhead's Ace of Spades upon us, uh, tell me the first time you got the record and its impact on you. Well, it was actually a friend of mine when the album was released. A friend of mine had it, and uh, I, I actually never heard Motorhead. <clears throat> Uh, that much before and uh, he played me this record and uh, I cannot say that it was my favorite uh, you know band at that point uh, but with that said once you heard some of the songs you know and, and, and that particular record uh, everything after that was missing something, you know. It was, it was just wow. It was the wow effect, you know. I remember just hearing the track "Ace of Spades" um, growing up as a kid. That uh, it, it kind of changed everything because you couldn't put it in a genre. Uh, for me, at least, when I was growing up, when everything was starting getting placed in a box. Now, Motorhead never played albums in their entirety, correct? Do you think that this was one that you guys would wanted to play in, in the entirety during your career with Motorhead? Uh, no, not really. I mean, we were trying, and, and to tell you the truth, I, I'll take a little bit of credit for this one because I wanted to play more songs from that record. Mm -hmm. And and Lemmy was not the easiest guy to, to get to to change uh, too many songs or whatever, you know, like uh, he, he didn't want to change up the set. Once we had the set, we, we kind of played around with two, three songs, maybe, you know, change from one year to the other. But he, he liked the record, of course, you know, and, and but yeah, well, we, we never did that, but it could have been great now thinking back on it you know mm. it, it wouldn't be bad at all now is there a song like you said you try to get him to play some songs but is there a song that stuck out to you specifically that you really really wanted to play that you didn't get to off of uh, ace of spades well yeah i'd say there's plenty of songs uh you can take anyone that yeah there was plenty of songs i would say you know but what exactly? I, it's hard to say. You know, once you listen through the record, you go, "Oh yeah, we should have played that one, or should have played this one." Absolutely. Now, now during that time frame, um, you were a young man when when this record came out. Did you ever see Motorhead live um, during that time frame? 
during the Ace of yes, Spades I time. Did. Oh, you did. Yes, tell, I did. Tell us about that. The story, the show, who you went with. Tell us about that. Uh, I saw them here in Sweden, actually. Uh, they did a lot of touring up here in Scandinavia for a while, and 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 I saw them, and and the music really fit the image, or the image fit the music very well. You know, I thought it was a great, yeah, if you would say, balance, or you know, just it was just a. a it was great in some way, you know, that it was all, it all matched somehow. <laughs> because there's a lot of bands out there when you, when you either see them and then you hear them and they don't really, it, it's like two different bands or, or vice versa. But Motorhead was a bunch of animals <laughs> on the stage, you know. Now, was it the loudest concert you ever been to at that point in your life? Absolutely. Mm, nice. <laughs> and I had no idea that I'd be sitting on the drum throne for so many years, being bombarded by by this volume. No, I could not imagine that. Man, yeah, that's the that's the one the staple that I miss so much is about seeing you guys now. <laughs> I, I was born in I was born in the '80s, so you you are you Phil and Lemmy are my Motorhead. Um, the uh, my go-to albums whenever I want to listen to Sacrifice and Inferno. Those are the two that I I love the most oh, from the yeah. whole the whole catalog. Now, during your uh, your run with there, is there an album that you felt got overlooked that you're really proud of that maybe didn't get that 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 excitement that you think it should have? Well, I, I think I think uh, all the records that we did from the Bastards record mm -hmm. and forward uh, did get, yeah, pretty decent. Uh, I mean, we got great reviews on every record, and and I think we we got enough. I mean, of course, I could tell you that why didn't we get a Grammy for every every record, you know? <laughs> but but. That's not really the, the deal. I, I still think that we got recognized uh, decently for every record because we, we cared about the fans, you know. And from the fans' point of view, they loved every record, basically. And then you have a few albums, maybe, uh, for instance, Hammered mm. is not one of my favorite because it got a little too dark for us. And it was that time when the 9-11 in LA, I mean, in New York, and it was not a very happy time in the U.S. for some weird reason. It, it was just weird. So that record is probably my least favorite. But everything else, I think, you know, we got good good attention on them, you know. I think that is an interesting one. I always revisit that one, and I and I do I do care for it a lot. And that's something about Motorhead that I mean, the work ethic. You guys seem to never stop touring or moving forward. <laughs> um, what was um, for you as far as the touring cycle goes? Unless I'm, I'm mistaken, what was the most hectic time where you're like, I need a little bit of a break during that Motorhead run? Well, it was probably, uh, let's say, 90, 96, 97, 98. Mm -hmm. And then, then that's when my first son was born, Max, was born 96. And then my second son was born 2002. So obviously, the years around that, you know, was, I wanted to spend more time at home, maybe, you know, so... We did a three-month U.S. tour and took the weekend off, and we did Europe and had one week off, and we did South America, Asia, and we had another couple of weeks off, and then back to another U.S. tour. It was a never-ending story. So, and I wanted to spend a, a, a bit more time with my boys. You know, I I flew them out and as much as I could, but still, you know, once you. Uh, they were so so little at that time, so you know I wanted to uh, be home a little bit more, but uh, we managed and uh, we went through it, and we were a touring band, so there was there was never a question about 
staying home. I remember we could have toured for a year. And at Christmas time, when we finished off in usually Europe, uh, then Lemmy was home for about two weeks. And uh, and I, I got a phone call going, you know, what's going on? When are we going back out? <laughs> you know? Lemmy, for fuck's sakes, hold your fucking horses for a while here. We got to. We got to breathe for a little bit now, you know. Yeah, that's, that's the way he was. He he did not want to stay home. That's the personality. That it seems is just like kind of a keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. Um, uh, otherwise, you know, just a, it's it's a workaholic though as well. I mean, in a lot of ways, would you would you describe Lemmy as that? Both yes and no, mm-hmm. because sometimes I actually found him fairly lazy, you know. But the fact of, of being on tour, that's what he loved, you know. He loved to be on tour and to be on stage. That was his life. He didn't want to hang around at home and do nothing. He, he, he wanted to be on the road, check in and out of hotels, sound check in, hanging with the crew, meeting new people, you know, hanging with us, with me and Phil, and me and Phil and Bersel, you know, or... That was his family, you know, and we were the fam. So that's what that's where he felt most comfortable, definitely. Yeah, dude, that's that is uh, that's very cool. Now, as we mentioned, you did see Motorhead when you were a teenager, I think, at that time for Ace of Spades. And right. It was like the loudest show you've ever seen. And then, obviously, you sat on the drum throne. I've seen you so many times, so many memorable shows. Um, right. for motor, with Motorhead for sure. And uh, but what was the most intimidating thing about Lemmy when before you got to know him? Well, see, I knew him many, many, many years. I mm. knew Lemmy for thirty-four years. Wow! And we played almost ten years before I actually got to play with him. I met him in London and stuff. So I, I pretty much knew. Not at all as much, obviously, as when I played with him for 25 almost years. But I knew that he wasn't a monster, and I knew that he wasn't... uh, He was a gentleman. He was very calm. He was uh, very educated, in a way, you know. He... he, uh, I was very fascinated by Lamb. He could sit next to a priest from London to L.A. and have a full conversation... Then on the way back, he sit with a with a stockbroker and have the same conversation. And going back to Japan, he sit next to a, a you know a housewife. <laughs> and, and and you know he always he was very he knew so much about everything, and he was just so so easy to to talk to. And he was not the monster, or a lot of people got intimidated maybe by his looks and what they read about him and stuff. But he was the most calm guy of us all. He, he sat backstage and read his books, and, and that was it, you know? Yeah, that's that's pretty magical, man. I think a lot of us would not be able to do that because of uh, the hard part for a lot of us is listening, right? But it sounds like Lemmy liked to listen to other people from different parts of life and, and get what he can out of them. Um, that's kind of a gift in itself. Do you feel that that does fit his personality a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, that's how he, I, I, I said from day one, you know, if everybody was like Lemmy, it would be like Lemmy. We would not have any wars. Mm. We would not be so fucking, excuse my language, but so fucking uh, easily uh, annoyed with each other. He had a great sense of humor, you know. And and today you can't even say, you can't say anything because you you offend people left and right, you know, and, and, and if you have a sense of humor and not taking every little thing so serious, then, then it's, it's okay, you know, and Lemmy was that person, you know, he, 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 he had a great sense of humor. He had no problems with people offending him. And if he, happened to offend someone else he, he he just took for granted that they could take that okay i i screw up a little bit here i said the wrong word and but so what just take it and move on you know it wasn't bad meant you know and now he was so good in in that 
in so many ways that I miss that type of person because today you say one little thing wrong and and you have upset you know a mass of people you know I don't want a job of a stand-up comic in modern times how's that you know like all the comedy I get is inside my circle of friends and we keep it there because it's kind of yeah. safe and it's it's crazy because you can't uh, put it out there anymore like you said it it, it will uh, if you say the wrong joke like you said the offended if people get offended if you say the wrong joke it actually it can taint your legacy as a person yeah I know it really, it really it's very scary yeah but at the same time you don't want to play it safe hmm. I refuse to play it safe yeah. I, I you know I think it's so bad that people don't have more of a can take themselves a little bit lightly and and not being so serious about every little thing you know and and i know that lem was very irritated about that sometimes with but but it's gone really bad last last five or or eight years or so you know it's it's getting worse every year i think yeah, I feel like it's a it's a trend. Um, that's just me being positive. I feel like it's a trend, and things will eventually go back to the way we kind of were, where we got along, where we could joke with one another, where things yes. weren't. Uh, that's that's. I do see it coming that way. I just think that you know, technology really got dark and strong, and all those things, and we're still adapting to that. But we all want to laugh, man. <laughs> you know, like at least I do. And sometimes jokes are dark and dude as long as the context is there i feel like it it should be understood um and that's something to do with our our music our genre a lot of our music is kind of dark but funny you know like uh horror films and stuff like that uh well you know there's always there's always a time to be serious mm -hmm. and, there's, and there's a time but I'm, I'm talking about like just general living mm -hmm. i mean from you wake up in the morning till you go to bed and you will encounter different types of people, different situations, and every encounter with, with other human beings or situations are not meant to be so bloody serious the whole time, you know? And uh, it's, it's like almost, there's another generation that seems to just walk around waiting, waiting to, to uh, get offended by something or they notes they take notes about everything you know and mm -hmm. that's not that's not sense of humor i mean you know of course you should not be bullied or or outlaughed you know by anyone but but that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking more about the general living i mean you know and, the, and let me had that easy way about him that it was very hard to get angry at him because he had a sense of humor he had a a basic sense of humor in his body you know he sometimes i said the wrong things to him and 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 he could take that without exploding and sometimes he he made the worst comments back to both me and phil uh, but we could take that you know yeah he was uh, the door swung two ways and 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 you forgot about it five minutes later it was no big deal you know you don't have to write it up in your notebook and then take notes and then counter and then you know legal processes and and you know hatreds and you know it's just crazy sometimes and that's what i really 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 liked with lemmy that was it was a very very simple fair and easygoing guy you know and and, and you don't you don't meet these guys people too often in the world you know I think being a world traveler like he was and, and you and a lot of people, your perspectives are going to be a lot more uh, genuine and a lot less, um, I don't know what's the word, a lot less, you're not going to have grudges with people. You're going to understand they're coming from different places. And a lot of us, uh, I think a lot of people that think differently, because I agree with everything you're saying, <clears throat> might not have that perspective of seeing cultures in the world and all those things. Do you feel that having all that perspective, being on the road, 34 years, like you mentioned, um, does give you kind of just a, a sense of, of community and peace with the world, more so well, than maybe some of us? Absolutely. We are blessed, if mm. you will, uh, with, with the fact that our, 
our work and our hobby involves actually touring continent after continent after continent year in and year out yes of course we're going to have a different view on <laughs> pretty much everything but what, what's so amazing today though is that i can end up maybe in an argument with a with an 18 year old that hasn't even got a passport and they seem to to know more about all this stuff than i do <laughs> And, and that's what I mean. It's like amazing how, 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 kind of you can end up in these situations with, with people that are absolutely they haven't even traveled out of the country, and still they know more than you, in so many ways. I mean, they think they know more than you. I should add, you know, and and you you don't know how to argue or how to have a conversation with these kind of folks because. It's 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 ridiculous, you know. You just go, all right, whatever, and and you'll be classified as a moron, basically, you know, because you have a different kind of view because you've seen so much more than what they think is the real thing, you know. They they think they're totally right, and and they stand up for for their deal, and and just being so bloody serious, they can't even think twice. Going, okay, I'm talking to. A guy that be touring for forty years, you know, yeah. done about seven or eight thousand shows in eight thousand different cities, in in basically two hundred plus countries, you know. Maybe that person knows a little bit more than I do because I haven't even got my driver's license yet, you know. That's kind of pathetic sometimes. <laughs> Mickey, trust me, man, I hear you completely. Yeah, and that's that I really do. Um, when you were 18, just out of curiosity, because I knew how I was when I was 18, I did feel like I listened and I respected people a little more than what I'm seeing these days. But when you were 18, did you kind of have a know it all attitude or not? Just out of curiosity. No, 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 no. Nor did not I. Not at yeah. all. Yeah. You had enough. You had enough. But see, that's what I mean. If you really want to, if you really want to, move forward and, and, and learn something, you be you should be humble enough to, I mean, you should know your knowledge, yes. You mm -hmm. should know where your limits are. And, and But I, I think people that are humble enough to, to say, hey, listen, all right, I'm sure you are absolutely right. And, and there's nothing wrong by giving someone else right or wrong, you know. But so I, I don't, think I came across that way at all because I rather shut the hell up and and listen and learn it gave me a lot more than than try to argue before I even you know had my first got out of school basically you know so but with that said I think you know that's that's where Lemmy was he, he was yeah. a very humble man you know that he was uh, he was easy going in that way so the success of Motorhead through all the years, we're talking about, you know, um, when Lemmy was on, on this planet and doing his things. Um, it, it seems like every band has these lulls, but Motorhead was always Motorhead. And I think a lot of that has to do with that personality you're talking about, that there was always a desire to see him on that stage or in an interview and do that stuff. Like he had some sort of magnetic personality because it seemed he was just supposed to do this if that makes sense um does that yeah is, yeah. is is that resonate a little bit like uh with his yeah, with, yeah. with your memories and, yeah and he he got a little tired of of the fact that people put him on this pedestal if yeah you, will, you know he he said you know they they act like i'm a fucking rock rock star you know and i'm not and he said i don't want to be that person and i am not that person but at the same time I could see angles on Lemmy where he he was a rock star and sometimes he acted like a rock star and sometimes he enjoyed being a rock star. Uh, but in, in deep in himself, I'd say he was he wanted to be treated like everybody else and, and just a very simple guy, you know, and the simplicity uh, the, the, that he was that simple, that that's going to give you a lot of respect. You know, if you're humble enough 
and 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 were like he was, then yes, you are going to get the respect that you deserve. Nice. Yeah, that's some advice, kids out there that are listening to this podcast. If you're humble enough, I think they should. And you yeah. know, a lot of kids they go, "Hey, what's that old fart talking <laughs> about?" You know what I mean? I already know this shit, so <laughs> no one can teach me this or that. And and that's totally okay if they feel that way. But one day they are going to run into reality, and and it's going to come up and bite themselves in the in their own ass, you know, in a way, and then. They're going to be shocked about it, you know. It's much, much better to to uh, to hurry up slowly, you know, and, and be humble and, and listen to people and learn instead. I mean, that's we didn't have Internet and stuff. That's that was a big, big issue, of course. You know, mm-hmm. I, I look at my son, Marcus, he's, he's now 18 here, my youngest, and and, you know, he knows so much more than I did when I was 18, mm-hmm. for sure. I had to relay on on my meetings with people and travel, as we talked about, you know. But he does know a lot. But that doesn't mean that he knows everything. Uh, because there's no, no better way of, of learning than to travel and be in these situations face to face with people and and you know it could be good good or bad or or exciting or scary or whatever but you need to solve these stuff and you cannot do that over internet you know yeah i know if you read a book you have a perspective if you yes if you have experience and you live it you have knowledge and that's the big exactly. difference. So the younger kids have a lot of perspective, a lot more than we did. You said it, a lot yes, more than we did. Absolutely. But they don't have the knowledge because you only get no, that from they, being there. Yeah. And the social skills mm. uh, can lack sometimes, you know, because they've never been put in these situations, you know, where where you get to learn, you know, yeah, how to get out of this tricky situation or how to approach this meeting which is very important for you or your career how do you how do you do that you cannot sit on youtube and and learn this stuff you gotta experience it over and over again in real time face to face and there's no one here to save your ass you cannot just turn the computer off and you're back to normal you know you you sit in there you gotta you gotta deal with this you know so absolutely with that said that's 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 uh i would say that's the bad part (laughs) of 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 internet but then there's so much good with it as well of course you know if you use it in a good way you you can learn a lot yeah 100 percent. it's like a library at your fingertips yeah i i mean i feel it completely if you use it the right way yeah yeah absolutely uh so real quick i did want to touch a little bit base everybody motorhead 40th anniversary of Ace of Spades is coming out October 30th. Go to imotorhead.com. See all the bundles and packages that are available. It's it's amazing. You can get a package between $60 to $300. And, and the stuff that comes in this thing is great to celebrate one of the greatest records of our genre of all time. Now, this is going to be a two-part question for you, Mickey, before I let you go. What is, in the entire catalog of Motorhead, what do you think is the finest record that they put out, and you or you put out? I can't tell you. you can't. Because, no, it's impossible because every record, mm. I can only speak on the stuff I did, yeah. really. And, you know, every album has, uh, relates to a time frame, obviously, uh, and a year, and memories and touring. So each one represents a period of your time, of, of your history that is, you know, I could say when we wrote Bastards, it was great fire in the studio. I was new in the band. Those guys were quite lazy and we all kicked each other's ass and wrote great songs and got a completely new startup that was amazing when when we wrote when we later worked with with cameron webb which did from inferno and out you know what an amazing uh step 
forward we took with him as well, you know. And when we won a Grammy, that was great. It was great to be to be acknowledged, you know. And uh, we didn't care too much about all these award show stuff. But I remember looking at Lemmy and he said, yeah, this is pretty cool, I guess, you know. <laughs> he was proud. So, you know, there's so many moments with all these records that represents a certain time. As I said, you know, 96, Max was born, my first son. I remember every, almost every hour of that year and that record, like, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's almost impossible to say. And the only one was hammered because it was some weird times in U.S., after the 9-11, I remember L.A. thought that this is the next city that's going to be hit probably. And people were suspicious on each other and looking at each other. In, in, you, you went to buy groceries and people were staring at you weird. And it, it just created a certain vibe that was not the mo most ultimate rock and roll vibe, if you will, you know? Mm. No, other than that, I, I think you, we had a fantastic couple of years, you know, and and it was just great fun. Beautiful. You guys gave it to us. Like I said, the Cameron Webb produced records, is that's my era that I love the most, and you guys always seem to just top it every time you went. Inferno was one of my favorite records. Uh, Terminal Show is, is a live moment that I had with you guys that I think really just broke through for me. So um, so many people have these stories about Motorhead for every generation and every generation, and it's such an important thing. And Ace of Spades is always the record. We're going to come find one of the first uh, relics of what Lemmy did um, with those guys back then. And, and guys, make sure if you don't have it or you want this deluxe edition, October 30th is when it's coming out. Mickey... Your King Diamond records you did, I love. The Motorhead universe, amazing. Obviously, your work with the Scorpions right now is uh, going to be excellent. We know there's a new record coming out from them pretty soon, or you guys are working on it. Is that correct? Yes. We're, I actually go back to Germany here on Sunday and continue the record. And, and uh, there you also have the, the fact that it's a great band. They've no, been playing for 55 years. Uh, it's a great uh, camaraderie, and, and we, we're making a very good record. We play, record everything live mm. together, and uh, it's coming along really nice. We, we're just in the beginning of, of the actual uh, recordings because it's quite a lot of, uh, uh, you know, production, demoing, doing the right thing. I think we have over 25 songs and that's going to be down to 12 so you know so that's all great you know and and i i can't wait to continue smacking the drums on that record exciting man so with that everybody once once again make sure you you, you support mickey and everything he does he's been a just a amazing thing to us in our community and, and giving us all this music and all these torns for all these years make sure you guys are pre-ordering ace of spades 40th anniversary box set it's coming out October 30th. With that, absolutely. That's, that's actually that's actually the day before my birthday. Ah, so look at that. 31st. Halloween is my birthday. Dude, what a, that that is just awesome. I wish I was born on Halloween. My my kids born 114. <laughs> and uh my my oh. wife we walked around the park all October 31st hoping she would go to labor. Didn't happen though. <laughs> we, and, and, we tried. And, and also, I I do a lot of videoing from the studio if people want to follow me yes go into my instagram uh mickey d official i put up a lot of little videos from the studio and i I'm, i have a lot of followers but it's great to just share the backstage moments you know and and stuff like that and and it seems to be very appreci appreciated you know when when everything from rap to restaurant to I show them my drum kit and some mic positions and, and talking to the boys in the studio and, you know, so it's and going to the Mickey D official there and, and check it out. I will definitely do that. Absolutely, guys. Make sure you do that as well. So with that, Mickey, bucket list interview, like I said, I'm so happy I finally got to talk to you, man. Thank you so much for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Thanks a lot.
and I hope to see you soon. Sucks Podcast.
guys and we're back the first song we played was motorheads the chase is always better than the catch off motorheads ace of spades box set coming out october 30th and we also played war effect left to rot off their new album specter of devastation that's coming out november 13th if you dig that song make sure to pre-order the new album and thank you for all the five stars on itunes it's all we ask you've definitely helped the show grow and you're continuing to help the show grow and if you were in my presence i would give you a silent nod because i'm not touching your dirty hand thank you so much for listening to our other podcast rise to offend right now we're trying to wrap up the icp we still have two more episodes left of the icp that we're going to drop Ooh. and if you want to email us email us at rise to offend at gmail.com with any kind of request or questions about the show did you guys have fun it was a great time yeah, was, yeah. i miss pete though yeah they, uh, well, <laughs> Like, yeah. you're like you're cool yeah but pete it's like when you hang out with your uncle for a whole day and you realize he doesn't really know how to take care of kids like he's fun but he doesn't feed you or right you oh, okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey you guys want to you guys want some funnel cake for lunch <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> all right we'll see you guys next week hopefully pete will be back the metal sucks podcast is signing off